welcome to the very first episode of the Storybook Cafe. I'm your host Amy and this week I'll be talking to my lovely friend Nicola about books and mental health. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for talking to me about books and mental health, which is our topic for this week. I'm very excited about doing a podcast, especially with you. Yay! Yay. I'm excited too. (laughs) Awesome. yeah, so as I mentioned, we're, we are going to have a chat about books and mental health. I thought you'd be the perfect person to talk to about this because I know how much you love books and also being mentally healthy. <laughs> very true. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was wondering, like, what, yeah, what is it, what is it about books and reading in particular that you feel is, is helpful to you? I think what I found is that it's just the escapism. I know that's a really cliche answer. Yes, <laughs> so but, my answer too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's that being able to, not even like your, it's not even you being the main character in the book. Mm-hmm. It's that you can see yourself in that world and be like, oh yeah, I would work alongside this main character to help them yeah. achieve all the good things in life (laughs) and you know you can see I for me it was definitely I could see myself in the narrative rather than as the main character sure and you know it was that sort of world that allowed me to sort of you know do nice things and do good things and be happy and people would like me (laughs) oh You have lots of people who like you. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. I I was very, very shy when I was younger. Mm. I always had friends, but I never really felt like I fit in. I feel, I think, yeah, books are often a a bit of a refuge for people who feel like they don't fit in, especially at school where you're kind of, you don't get to choose who you spend the majority of your time with. So if you if you don't find people who are very similar to you, then you can constantly feel a little bit out of place. And then you can get home and then books can be like this separate world that you just go into and you feel like it's, yeah, completely an escape and you can just explore lots of different um, places and ideas and feelings and then have that lovely feeling of like oh yeah I feel like that as well somebody else understands and because you know someone's written it you're like oh well the author clearly gets how I feel because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to write this character so yeah it's like a little community in your head (laughs) able to be like as well rereading books when you're older or whatever you can see how maybe you have matured in your mindset and be like oh well actually you know when I was younger I might have done that but actually now Mm. I can see a much better path that I would have taken to help the sort of main character achieve the goals or whatever you know it's that sort of yeah growth yeah Mm -hmm. see that you have actually the books have helped you grow and come to terms with other issues that are happening in your life sort of thing Mm mm-hmm did you have favorite books when you were growing up that you like would return to? Probably. <laughs> I'm still sort of like I've still got I've got a set, um, like a couple of sets which are like books that I will continue to read and I have been reading for years. I mean Yay. Yeah, I've got some books which are falling apart now. Oh. I don't know 15 years now I've had them and I've just been mm. I just go back to them and um I recently reread a book called the forest wife trilogy um, but it's called by an author called Teresa Tomlinson who I absolutely adore like I found her when I was much younger and Aww. she's um a local author she's like from you know Yorkshire sort of area oh um, that's cool <laughs> so I found her um, the Forest Wife trilogy first, mm-hmm. and it was basically because I was a little bit obsessed with like old English legends like Robin Hood mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Because 
why not <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> fair um, enough <laughs> and so I found this in the middle of my sort of Robin Hood obsession mm-hmm. and it's um the Robin Hood stories that everyone kind of knows but from a female perspective yay and I was like <laughs> this was me being like I don't want to read books about boys I want to read girl books yeah I want girls to go on adventures and do cool yeah, things yeah. <laughs> like, you know I wanted girls to fight and not be oppressed or whatever you know that's mm-hmm. sort of yeah standard <laughs> standard, you know, standard <laughs> thing that we all wish for yes. um, <laughs> so that and um I just really really loved it like all the characters like it basically maps out the main character who um is Marion in mm-hmm. the legend but she's actually like a fully fleshed out character yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um maps her journey from running away um from her uncle who wants to marry her off to her mm-hmm. yeah. really old <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, I don't want that. Yeah. And so she runs off and basically becomes the forest wife who is um sort of like um uh uh what is it, wise woman, healer. Oh cool. And um it all takes place obviously because Loxley's near Sheffield. Yeah. It all takes place <laughs> around Sheffield. Hey, oh that's cool. In between Sheffield and <laughs> oh wow. Uh, I never really understood that when I was younger because my my sort of geography was his Derbyshire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know, I know the Peak District and that was basically my sort of little world when I first sure. read it. And then I came back to it, you know, many years later, having been to university at Sheffield. Mm. And like, oh, I can now actually map these places and it made mm-hmm. it much sort of rounded world for me because I was like oh I actually know where these places are I can actually have a sort of anchor to these places because of this story that's really cool I really like that whole thing (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of the ones that we so my mum read us the Narnia books from being very little I always really liked the magician's nephew um, which is the first one, yeah. um, which is a bit weirder. <laughs> um, but like, I think it's partly because of the familiarity of like the old house that the the two kids who are kind of the main characters grow up in were very similar to the ones that we had. Um, so that was, and also it's it is about kind of like going from where you are and having having an adventure going somewhere different um which yeah definitely like a lot of the stories that I like the best have some element of that um and just magic's (laughs) magic is cool (laughs) (laughs) she's got magic in (laughs) (laughs) probably on board um so there's those which yeah reading sort of going back to read them as you're older you can unfortunately it's it's one of those where you kind of start reading it and you're like oh these are so problematic Mm. but you still have those like fond memories of them from being very little um i'm like (laughs) sure lord of the rings but oh my god you know i mean everyone does pick up on the problems of it now like it is Mm -hmm. something that has been written about and i can see the problems there (laughs) yeah about two female characters zero in the hobbit sort of thing yeah and sure. like it's that's and you know everyone's sort of like a white man sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> various sizes of white man yeah. <laughs> but it's you know it's yeah i love that sort of like going on an adventure um saving the world sort of thing mm. but i think it's really important to be able to be like as well oh, there are these problems in the books that I loved when I was younger and coming back to it older, being able to be like, I can see this as a problem, but also I do enjoy the narrative. Sure, yeah. The problems are still sort of there and I think it's good that we now know that 
Yeah. Yes. Not really <laughs> okay. Not right. <laughs> yeah, we can do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's. Yeah, like I did. I I kind of felt the same about the Harry Potter series because I loved reading it when I was younger, and it was one of the books that I read myself over and over and again. Well, book yeah. series. Um, but kind of now it does it does come off as a bit tropey but at the same time it was nice to sort of have them as something familiar when when you're younger I think that that definitely points to representation in literature and how important that is um and and I I love kind of the ability to find a much broader and more diverse range of characters in books now that means that you can see that other people are going to have that same experience that you may have done when you were younger where you're like oh this character gets me like I I, you know there's their feelings and their identity are similar to mine even if obviously their experience is completely different (laughs) I think that's that's really useful in books to be able to see those sorts of identities and be like oh yeah that is something that I would do mm-hmm. even if you're never going to be in a situation to do yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> did you ever read the Animorphs books when you were at school no I didn't oh my gosh they're so good I know which ones you mean but I mm. don't think we ever read them uh, we had like three in the library at our school, so I read those. And then there's about fifty of them, but they're quite they're quite short. And the the premise is that um, these kids um, kind of find an alien uh, who gives them the power to, to kind of turn into animals when they need to, um, obviously. Which you know every kid's dream <laughs> can just casually turn into a lion is pretty amazing to start off with um but then there's uh these other creatures which are like little worms that get inside people's head and basically latch onto their brain and then can control the person um and though they're terrifying in many ways but the series is epic because it's like it goes from the kind of quite simple these are the good people and these are the bad people you know or these are the good beings and these are the bad beings and then um and then goes like all the way through into things like um thinking about you know well if if um humans had to live in the way you know these little wormy things who can only experience the world in a more profound way if they latch on to something else like is it you know there's a lot of questioning of the some assumed things that happened in the first part of the book there's there's loads of stuff about like basically what constitutes like a war crime and and that kind of thing which is it gets really kind of complex and interesting um i really enjoyed them and there were loads of them um and my my favorite character was always a character called cassie who was the more she was kind of like the moral compass of the group and she was a lot quieter and more shy and she did fight um because she had a wolf um kind of initially and and she did have to fight but she found it really really hard um and I liked that that she could be soft and strong at the same time and I really liked that representation of of her I think that's really you know um really important in novels at the moment like because there are a lot of female driven narratives but there is sort of this paradox of like oh she can't be you know a weakling and have emotions she has to (laughs) portray sort of like in order to be a strong female lead she has to portray male um yeah like be more masculine in in yeah you know head you know head straight into a fight and stuff and be like yeah i'm just gonna cut down everyone in my way Mm. and you know it's that's not (laughs) (laughs) it's not always the way to go (laughs) even with um sort of male led novels Mm -hmm. that's not a way that anyone should be working you don't just go right okay yeah gloves down fighting now (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just you have to there should be more sort of thinking about it rather than yeah. <laughs> I think with um when it comes to strong females and them mm. and women doing killing or whatever there is also also a trope of being redeemed by motherhood and being like oh she now has a child so everything's mm. okay she's become a much softer human being and it's like mm. no yeah it's like we need to we need to be it's it's handy in that way too as you say like if you've got a cast of multiple protagonists where they're all important even if you have one sort of main-ish character you've got lots of different not just genders and identities but also personalities and you can display the varying different ways in which people handle particular situations and different ways of being strong or weak or vulnerable then it's a much more realistic and interesting representation and it's just so much better it's instead of yeah yeah <laughs> like you're not well you're not giving that impression of like there's one one correct way to be and that's it and if you're not like that then you're not correct yeah definitely you can that's only do I, that yeah that's what i really like with six of crows yes <laughs> chapter per sort of person throughout the narrative yep and you know i love all of the characters for basically the differences in them and the differences that they how they would react in that sort of situation and then mm. how they go about you know creating or destroying relationships mm-hmm. and I really like that having that sort of intricacy of their intertwining paths but also they're their own people they're mm. all realized characters and you can identify with different parts of each of them yeah definitely see how they all work as well mm. I really love there's a few that I've read recently um which are the sort of books where you're like, God, I wish I, we had this when I was a bit younger, but then also you're just glad that it's out there, um, which is um, An Ember in the Ashes is amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and keep picking it up, wanting to read. <laughs> um, so that's gorgeous for the same reasons. You know, you get different perspectives, you get different ways of being you get a complex multifaceted person who is full of all sorts of weird paradoxes and stuff which humans are actually made of (laughs) (laughs) and then another one that's very similar is children of blood and bone um which i I was read as well oh my god yeah i'll I'll lend them you (laughs) 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 yes um I love. I also love the fact that that has received a lot of attention. It's been kind of like yes, one of the yeah. main like books in on displays and things, which makes me really happy because it's. You can tell that it's going to be some representing something different straight away from the cover picture, and it's just so good to see that that's something that people have gone. Yeah, that'll do really well. It's amazing, you know, and not just hidden in some special corner of a bookshop. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's nice. It's it's good to see the progress that is being made uh, from. Yeah, that's really I good. Think it's really important for fantasy literature as well because it is dominated by, you know, Tolkien, Lewis, um, Pullman, mm-hmm. those sort of white middle class, middle aged men. Mm-hmm. Who are, um, you know, I mean, very good writers. I'm not like putting them. Yeah. <laughs> dominated everything's described as Tolkien-esque or mm. you know it's that that sort of fan- high fantasy yeah really hard to sort of break away from the sort of the traditions that they've already put in place mm. as, you know Oxford educated men and um having, like everyone <laughs> yeah, and, um, I think having that sort of the um children of blood and bone Mm. that that marketing and that sort of prominence and it shows that there is actually like a shift there is there there is the wanting to shift away Mm. from the high white fantasy sort of thing Mm. 
sort of knows now and being able to show how diversity is possible within fantasy because well, yeah I have obviously <laughs> <laughs> no reason why it shouldn't be so mm. absolutely yeah yeah it's just oh uh, yeah it's very refreshing and it's so much fun to wander around just stop you know places now and not feel like you're you're looking at better or worse versions of what's effectively the same story um is really nice yeah <laughs> uh, there have been some books that i've read where i've really struggled with them um in terms of like i've identified with with the characters and and like for genuine mental health reasons i've had to stop reading them. Yeah. um one of them was the handmaid's tale uh, yes, um yeah, yeah. I had, I actually, I, I started reading it. I think it was about 17 when I started reading it. I stopped about halfway through and I think I, I only went back to it literally about five years later. I didn't read it all again. I like, I, I carried on from where I was because I was like, I'm not, I don't want to read it again. I just want to know what happened. Um, and I haven't been able to watch the series. Like they, right, it's yeah. just, there's just something about that, which gets me too much. Um, so that's kind of a tricky one, I think, when it comes to uh, reading and mental health as a as a you know as a thing that you reading to escape or reading to feel like somebody understands you. There's that sort of fine line between empathizing with a character and being triggered by a story where you're suddenly like, oh God, this is pushing all of the wrong buttons. I have to put this down now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's um, that that can be a bit sad also because you know you you're like well I want to read this but also I re- I don't think it's good for me. <laughs> Put yeah. the box down. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah, being able to know that when something is, you know, triggering you or just yeah, you just can't face carrying on. I think it's really important to know that and not feel guilty about having. <laughs> not finish the book or whatever because yeah I mean I've I've been made to feel with some books that I mm. haven't read but you know I did I did want to read but I just haven't read them um and I was made to feel guilty that I hadn't read them mm. and it was just like well I was made and it just made me feel like oh maybe these books aren't for me mm. maybe even though you know they're for everyone (laughs) there's no no reason to stop you from reading a book it's just that because everyone was like you haven't read those books but uh why you know they're really really clever and you should be reading them Mm. well I just I I bought the first one but then my dad took it off me like (laughs) (laughs) reading it and then then his collection (laughs) yeah I mean yeah, I mean, like that's that's also kind of silly because, you know, it shows it shows that that exactly what we've been talking about, which we don't like and which we're hoping to move away from, which is the idea that some books are things that you should read, and that there's this idea of being the very elitist idea of what being a bibliophile or somebody who, you know, do you like literature or do you like books and. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of really stupid elitism about it and that's and also you know the idea that that you should have read specific books that if you don't appreciate them or if you don't like them then somehow you are morally <laughs> like corrupted yeah, like less than a reader or something and it's like no I have hmm. two literature degrees and I love books <laughs> like I mean you know I go straight for the young adult section because you know, the young adult section has some brilliant books. Like, definitely, there's no, there's no reason to stop anyone from reading YA. And you know, I pick up you know the books that like the fantasy or the dystopians or you mm-hmm. know there's you know there's nothing to stop anyone from reading the books that they really enjoy. And I think it's really stupid when someone puts someone down because mm. the book that they um want to read is not considered high literature and it's like come on now (laughs) yeah definitely and i can't 
can't be bothered sifting through, you know, um, like really moral or um, sort of surreal. This is a true reflection of our society. Books like I just <laughs> my brain can't take it anymore. Mm. I also feel like life's too short. Like if you're reading for pleasure. Yeah. You're reading to 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 do something nice for yourself. You you might be reading you know, if you if you're reading specifically to learn about something through literature, then or you're doing a you know a course or something, then fair enough. But if you're yeah. you know the purpose of it is to read for pleasure to help you relax or or because you enjoy it, then you know there's there's no need for that kind of like judgment just people should just stop being so judgy <laughs> in all aspects of life <laughs> yes in general be a bit kinder yeah. more accepting of things where it's literally just I mean like I I haven't I generally enjoy fantasy literature the most mm. but I haven't read all of Lord of the Rings and I'm never going to it's not yeah. for me you know and but yeah. like <laughs> with some people they're like oh my god <laughs> not necessary sort of thing like it's like if 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 it doesn't affect you don't <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't say anything you know yeah <laughs> like that, it's that's fine <laughs> yeah don't want to read lord of the rings then you don't have to exactly it's the you key message enjoy, <laughs> you still enjoy the genre of fantasy without having read lord of the rings because it's yeah. not the pinnacle of the genre really no no I that's... As someone who is flipping obsessed with lord of the rings and has a lord of the rings tattoo yeah exactly <laughs> it's not we're just we're just proving you know that that love can conquer all here exactly. even someone who has read a lord of the rings and loves it and someone who hasn't and doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter love crosses all borders <laughs> yes it does beautiful even including genres and authors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um so that's I mean like my main kind of reading for pleasure and reading to help with my mental health is actually to do with um is is fiction I prefer fiction um as you say if you're reading for escapism fiction's usually the best way to go um but I have found some self-help books recently that I have actually really liked um having completely stayed away from the gen the genre beforehand (laughs) Um, being very cynical about it, <laughs> not thinking that anything's. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's just going to be too mushy and too sort of like inspirational, quotey that I'm just going to stop, <laughs> pick it up, and read it and go, oh no, <laughs> to my very core. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've read a couple which have actually made sense to me and hasn't been totally cloying is the word mm. <laughs> what are your what oh, yeah the gems in the sea of mud <laughs> that you have found uh, it's, i can't i i keep trying to remember its name but i can't remember the name. <laughs> it's been it's been annoying me for ages but it's the um it's the matt haig one that um has done really well over the past sort of um oh i feel like i know the author's name but yeah. For some weird reason, I cannot remember the name of the book. Quickly Google as well. <laughs> I, remember, I did that. I think I've been going to the library and checking a few of them out because um, I don't particularly want to buy them and then find out that they're really not for me. Um, that's definitely not a good use of <laughs> money. Um, let's have a look. Matt Haig. Uh, no, that's that's not the same person. Um, <laughs> how do you spell um, it? Yeah, um, not Matt. H A I G. Oh, there you go. That makes more sense. There was like something about someone who died, and I was like, "That's definitely not where I'm on." <laughs> um, is it reasons That's to it. stay alive? 
okay i haven't read that i was like that's not right because that's how to stop time and reasons to stay alive mushed into one um was something that um i read it actually for um for writing an essay um one of uh, last year during my master's and so my friend um lent it to me uh megan you know megan and um but I'd always put it off because I thought oh god it's just gonna be it's just gonna be cringy and cloying and that sort of like mm. oh, just just wish you're a depression away <laughs> and I was like <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah but I read it and I was like because it's kind of it's it's a weird sort of genre it's not quite self-help it's not quite autobiography it's mm. not quite fiction um mm-hmm. it's just him going over the sort of hardest parts of his life and trying to work them out and being like these are some symptoms of depression that I've had and um I was reading it and I was like oh actually this sort of makes sense to me like it's not it's refreshing in a way to be able to read someone's see it from someone else's perspective and be like that's how you've suffered and how you've managed to um not get through it because that's not the right word but sort of be able to cope cope. yeah yeah that sort of um be able to see from someone else's perspective like in a and it's really eloquently written like it's really straightforward Mm. and concise and clear and the chapters are really really short and it's all just yes <laughs> sort of like and it's um so it mixes his sort of some the really tough bits of his life with also um here are some signs and symptoms of depression here's how you can help someone with depression um or suicidal feelings or whatever it's it's all sort mm-hmm. of um come about of his um his own mental health and parts mm-hmm. of it weren't relevant to me because I hadn't gone through the same the quite the same levels or whatever but some of it did make sense to me mm-hmm. and I think it's really important to even if it doesn't even if I mean it's never going to be exactly the same as mm-hmm. your experience because everyone experiences mental health differently it's all Mm-hmm. subjective but I think seeing it from his perspective as seeing um some things that I was like oh I hadn't really put that down to my depression or I hadn't thought of that as something that I would be depressed about like it was like something really simple mm-hmm. like really um stupid but like losing focus on my work and being like oh, I'm just gonna procrastinate for hours I just thought that was me just being yeah. <laughs> lazy or just being like, I just don't want to do work today. But when I mm. read Reasons to Stay Alive and it it came up again and again of something that was a symptom of depression, I was like, oh, maybe I've just worked myself too hard or been too hard on myself mm-hmm. or stressed that it's somehow just mm-hmm. turned into sort of like a state of depression for me in which case I'm just like mm. oh well and obviously need to step away from this and take a break yeah to be able to sort of reset myself in a way yeah definitely mm. like it's partly your brain telling you that you're overwhelmed and you need to stop yeah <laughs> like yeah. going yeah um oh I've not read that one so that's it's it yeah I've I've seen it knocking around um uh the ones that I have read recently have been a bit of a mixture because I've got some of them from uh Blurt Bloody Boxes from the, the Blurt Foundation we which love, we love because yes. they're so lovely and <laughs> awesome um <laughs> um the best one um I think in terms of just like ticking all of the boxes for me was was the self-care project by Jane Hardy which is the Blurt Foundation's first book because it was that they pitch they they pitch the writing in both the emails and the book uh, this like very difficult to get at 
but perfect place where the first part of whatever they're talking about is usually we know how you feel and they give some examples of some of the things that you might be feeling and you can be like yes actually I do feel like that um but then it sort of moves into then sort of talking about what you can do some suggestions of what you might be able to do to 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 feel better but mostly just really focusing on being kind to yourself be gentle with yourself um rest give yourself a break and and that kind of really nice reassuring tone of like it's going to be okay you're allowed to have a bad day you're allowed to feel like really crap and you know and and that doesn't make you um like a bad person you don't have to feel ashamed of it you don't have to feel like you have to work really hard to get out of it you're allowed to whatever it is that you're feeling is 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 you know okay and and yes absolutely and then also um you know accepting it and giving yourself listening to your intuition more and and one of the things that I like the best about what they talk about is is getting rid of the shoulds in life I should feel like this or I should be doing this and being more aware of how you actually are and working from there um I love that book it's so good it's lovely the tone of it's perfect like there's loads of little as you say like short chapters split into sections so if you're at a place where you, you know reading is hard um, even if you're usually someone yeah. who reads a lot, you know, sometimes it's oh, just it like, really ah, <laughs> I can't brain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I had that last year um, where mm. I just, I couldn't read. I'd got to a point mm. um, with um, my degree where I was just like, mm. I can't read because if I read, I'm reminded of... Um, basically how everyone who all the books that I love they can write much better than I can I I can't read this because I'm reminded of how inept I actually am oh that's really sad to sort of get out of that because it was um it was Daughter of Smoke and Bone that you lent me Mm. um which actually got me back into reading full novel yeah it's a pleasure oh um, yeah. oh I do love that book it's it's gorgeous yeah I, I yeah the only time I felt similarly it was when um I absolutely bombed an English exam it was awful it was only at a level but you know at the time it was really important and I and I I remember going into Waterstones and being like, this used to be my safe place. And now it's just reminding me of how shit I am. All these books like (laughs) telling me I'm rubbish. And, you know, that actually is really difficult. If you sort of feel like you've lost something that you have relied on previously. I very much felt like I'd lost part of myself. Was that I couldn't, Mm. I just didn't have the focus to pick up a book and just read it. And so, I mean, during Mm. that, I watched a lot of TV. (laughs) <laughs> did a lot yes. <laughs> stories exactly. in whatever form I like, <laughs> because I couldn't <laughs> escape with written words I was just like well I'm just gonna mm-hmm. stick something on for me to watch so that I can mm-hmm. tune out and just switch off that way without feeling like feeling constantly feeling like I'm having to do work either analyzing the book that I'm reading or just mm-hmm. be reminded of this is the narrative I want to write someone's already written it and written it much better than me <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it, it definitely is it it's hard I think um it's definitely something to talk about on a uh the perils yeah. of university <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> kind of um yeah. separate one could go into that um, for a very long yeah. time <laughs> but yeah I think yeah getting back in sometimes when reading when you're you're finding it difficult to concentrate on anything um then the anything like short stories at the moment I've been enjoying a lot um for the same reason but yeah that book in particular does have just it's just got a really kind of user-friendly 
uh, everything about it is user friendly, really, and it, the tone is just really comforting and lovely. Um, I love that. That's amazing. The one that I the I def the one that I tell told you about a bit ago that I love also is um, the life changing yes. magic of not giving a fuck. Uh, I can see it's one of those ones where I can see how some people may not like it because it's very sweary and it takes a very sort of light-hearted approach to to issues about basically boundaries and giving yourself time and stuff which um can feel very kind of um difficult and intense and hard but it just for me it was ideal because um it gave very kind of practical ways of dealing with um bound the issues with boundaries and people people wanting more from you than you have to give or want to give that um yeah getting rid of that idea of you should be doing this or that or the other and actually being like you're allowed to do what you want to do and you only have so many um so much energy so many fucks <laughs> to give in fact <laughs> You can't give a fuck to everybody and therefore you need to prioritize them. <laughs> and there's, there's, there's little, um, there's, you know, ways of, of doing that, seeing, seeing what you're dealing with and then trying to prioritize it. Um, I loved it because I could read it and it made me laugh and it, it gave me genuinely helpful advice and things to do. And I didn't sort of feel like I was being weighed down with, um, a story of somebody else's yeah. experience which I sometimes struggle with a little bit not that not not that those books aren't important I think they are very important but it depends on where you are Definitely, sort of in your yeah. mental health journey and if you're at a place where you're feeling overwhelmed maybe you've given too many fucks <laughs> recently uh, trying to read somebody else's experience is like taking on an extra thing and and that's can be too difficult even if the writing is really good um so so yeah so I really liked it for that it just yeah it just made me laugh and actually help me I use um humor as like Mm. a way for me to deal with my depression sometimes and um yes I find I mean some people you know do get are like oh this is not the way that you should be looking at mental health and I completely understand that yes okay it's not a laughing matter in in no way is it but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, yeah I, just, I'm, I need to take the piss out of myself sort of thing like I just need to be able to <laughs> um look at my depression via humor and be like oh well obviously it's not just me because <laughs> I can yeah definitely Um, I mean I read (laughs) I read a BuzzFeed article (laughs) the other day which I said (laughs) to my boyfriend um because um I'm still struggling to write after um Mm. completing my master's almost a year ago and I've still not Mm. been able to sort of sit down and write words that I really do want to write but just just struggle sure. and it was all it was a buzzfeed post about like 18 things you'll know if you're a writer so it's like oh well i consider <laughs> myself a writer even though i haven't written anything for a year um, <laughs> and, so it, and it was just basically all these um like memes or gifs of people going through exactly the same thing as i was and, being, and struggling to Yay! write and i was like <laughs> Oh well, you know, I thought I would be stuck in this place forever of like, not writer's block, but just mentally being un- mentally unable to sort of write eloquently again, sort of thing. Mm. And enjoy it yeah. as well. Not not being able to and just be able to sit yeah. there and be like, I'm not having to, s- to struggle or force the words to come. They just sort of happen. Mm. And I haven't got to that place. Yeah. Yet. But this sort of article, I was like, oh, well. Yeah, it's not, not just me. me. <laughs> you know, I, I, everyone, sort of, everyone who wants to write obviously goes through this sort of doubting stage mm. or just ha- not having the energy to sit there and make, the, make up an entire world. 
Yeah, well, um, yeah, indeed. Because that was humorous, that really sort of, mm. it, it made me laugh. It made me go, oh, yeah, that's me in a sort of, but not yeah. in a self-pitying way, just being like, oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really helpful with my depression as well, being like, oh, yeah, I do that as well. There's also something very nice about having something make you laugh when you're generally not feeling happy you're feeling either nothing or sad all the time and then if something makes you laugh it's it breathes a bit of life into you there's a bit of lightness in it and whatever it is I like um when I discovered the Terry Pratchett books um because the humor is so specific and and just weird and funny and and dispersed throughout throughout the books um those are ones that I go back to quite a lot because I really enjoy um, reading them for familiarity. I know what the story's going to be, but it's almost—it's like I forget. I forget the little quips and lines and things in it. And so every time I read it, I, um, I enjoy it. And it just kind of gives you a bit of a break from what else is, whatever else yeah. is going on. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons why I really like the um, School Doggery Pleasant books. Um, oh, which, yeah. you know it's very witty and funny and fast paced but it also deals with like some really dark stuff as well like I start I mean my friend yeah. lent them to me um so we started reading them I don't know when we we're about 13 maybe I don't know um mm. and I mean I think the last one's just come out or just about to come out I'm not sure I don't know where we're up to oh. anymore to be honest but um <laughs> because it's it's the same sort of thing with the Harry Potter. You grow up with them. Another one comes out every year, mm. and you can see how the shift in the tone, even though it's still really witty mm. and really funny, and it does make me laugh. There's also some really dark moments in there, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, main characters are killed off or whatever, or still that sort of. Mm. No one's still that sort of sense of unease, or no one's quite safe. But there is still mm-hmm. lightness within the dark times, and I think that's really important to, even if you're finding that through, you know, literature that doesn't mention mental health or isn't, yeah, anything to do with mental health. Being able to see that humor can be found, even when, you know, yeah you want to cry things are crap (laughs) in general yeah definitely to be able to see that and be able to remember that oh yeah well it will pass I will laugh again sort of thing yeah definitely it's it's yeah it's it's just that kind of little nugget of hopefulness um which I always find really interesting especially when I read fiction that is more about it's based on um real events uh, a lot of the stuff that I was reading when we were doing um, Amnesty International Right for Rights campaign uh, was around things that had happened and somebody had created sort of a fiction around it, but it was based on yeah. real life. And a lot of that was beautiful, kind of beautifully illustrates that you might be in a situation that is fundamentally difficult and sad and wrong and harmful and yet people do still think do things like they fall in love they you know children still play with whatever they can find people still make jokes and laugh and form relationships and and have lives wherever they are and that as you say that idea that things things change for the better and for the worse which means that you're sort of never going to be in the dark place forever is super important and that when people can find hope and light and humor and love in situations which are um, demonstrably like awful (laughs) in all the ways it's definitely a very hopeful thing that comes through um I mean I do love I have to say I, I have to pick my my timing with it very specifically but I do particularly enjoy those kind of historical fiction accounts of um particular like Mornings in Janin was one of the books that I read 
that was just incredible. Um, Children of the Jacaranda Tree was also one um, where they are just, they're incredibly dark, but there are still those moments of light. And it's something that, um, you know, uh, oh, what's he called? I've got it in my, <laughs> just my room. I could probably just go up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to look because otherwise I'm going to not. Oh, um, Khaled mm. Hassini. Yes. Yeah. Um, so most people have heard of the Kite Runner, but he's also done a few other books. Um, and and they, again, they're sort of like dealing with very, very difficult themes and experiences um, and still have that hopefulness throughout, which makes you feel like things aren't, you know, completely awful. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, it's still that sort of human experience. Life to go on. Yeah. Even if everything's gone to pot in the world, still mm. life. So there is still hope in a really shaky yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of thing that where you're like, this is an important one. <laughs> we want to yeah. keep this one. Yeah. <laughs> that we need yeah. to keep talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it can, it's also weirdly, if I'm feeling really, really awful, it's not going to help me to read any of those books, but it's, it is inspiring in a way in that you can read it and think, you know, your heart sinks and you, you almost like, there are moments where I had to actually stop reading for a second and be like, oh my God, um, before I carried on. But then also recognising that things are not always all you know completely awful even in very difficult circumstances there's there's going to be moments of of light and you can sort of think you can you you know it appears and it's it's um yeah it's it's hope hope is the most important thing <laughs> yeah what a, what a nice <laughs> sentiment to um to finish on i think that's what we that's what we want yeah yeah i'm going to i think I'll, what i'll do is i'll put a um i'll put a list of the books we've mentioned with authors um on a blog post on the on the website which people can find if they so choose uh, we've mentioned quite a few books in there if anyone's interested um and then we shall move on to the next topic, which is as yet undecided. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you have, in fact, managed to give us out, uh, it was a lot of fun and we really appreciate it if you have enjoyed it. Um, hopefully we will see you next time. <laughs>